Good morning and welcome to Sporte. I'm your host, Tay, putting the Tay in Sporte. We have a huge episode lined up for you. We are diving into the world of swimming and are speaking to Australia's own Alex Graham. Not only did he win a gold medal in the Commonwealth Games last year, but just last month he competed in the 2019 World Aquatic Championships in South Korea taking home a bronze medal in the men's 4x100 metres and a gold medal in the men's 4x200 metre freestyle relay. He's also part of the leadership team of the Australian Dolphins. Wow, absolutely incredible. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Taylor. It's good to be here. Congratulations and a massive welcome home to Australian soil. So I believe you've just recently got back? Yeah, got back last Tuesday. Are you loving um, Australia's weather? Yeah, I am. It's perfect on the Gold Coast at the moment. It's about 20 degrees, blue skies, sunny. So, yeah, really good to be home. Very jealous. It's freezing here in Melbourne, seven degrees, yep. but that's okay. <laughs> You've had a huge week and we've had a lot of success. What's it like competing at Worlds and having the whole world watching you? Yeah, it's good. I think it gets easier every time. This was my third long course world championships. I remember the first time I went was back when I was an 18-year-old and it kind of shook me a little bit. Kind of just learned to embrace the opportunity. And yeah, so this year was pretty fun. It's fun being in an Asian country as well. They really love they're swimming over over there. So, yeah, it was an awesome experience. The stands were packed and, yeah, we came and did a really good job. So, yeah, it was good. You said that you competed at the Worlds when you were 18. You're now mm. 24 years old. You've had a great career. How's it changed for you mentally and physically? It's been a massive change. I guess the biggest thing for me was uh, when I went to that World Champs as an 18-year-old, I was a very good age group swimmer, won a few age group national titles, and then obviously tried to make that transition into the senior team. Made the team in 2013. Didn't have the best experience. I didn't swim that great and I probably lost a bit of confidence. And then after that, I probably had a few years where I just didn't have any confidence in myself racing. And I was obviously growing up a little bit, getting a bit more muscle. So I just kind of found it hard to swim like I had when I was an age grouper. But I made it back onto the World Championship team in 2017, which was huge. And I guess after that, you know, it was four years after I first made the team and I just kind of learnt to embrace the opportunity more than anything. I think I probably put too much pressure on myself when I was a kid, just wanting to do well. But now I had experienced what it was like to get to the top of, you know, the swimming rankings, like making an Australian senior team and also experiencing missing that team for the next few years. So I had that downtime as well, which gave me a bit of perspective on the whole swimming really. And yeah, it just kind of taught me to embrace the opportunity and enjoy it more than anything. So talking about the pressure, do you feel representing Australia, do you feel like that's a whole nother level within itself? Yeah, for sure. I think that's the pinnacle of our sport, I guess, is to make the Australian team and get to represent your country at the world stage, whether it be at Commonwealth Games or World Championships or Olympic Games. That's what every Australian swimmer is striving to do. I reckon there's more pressure trying to get onto the team. So when we have our trials for these events, then there is actually being on the team because when you are on the team, it's obviously, you know, you want to do really well at the world championships and, you know, show the world what you've got. But at the same time, you're in that Australian team environment. And when you're in that team environment, it makes everything a lot easier when you've got so much support around you. Tell me about Worlds this year. What was it like? It was pretty crazy, actually. Um, So usually they take top six swimmers from the trials uh, to compete in the relay events. 
But this year for the 4 by 100 they only took top four, and I was lucky enough to be in that top four at the trials. But the reasoning for that was because we needed to actually qualify for the Olympics next year. And so pretty much if you finish top 12 in this event at Worlds, you get the country a qualification for next year. And we actually missed that in 2015. We fell outside the top 12, so they didn't want to risk it this year. And then they kind of told us. So our main job was to get Australia a spot on the relay next year. And then I guess we came away with a bronze medal, which was a super, super big sh- surprise for us. And we were all wrapped with that. But then, yeah, I guess moving to later in the week when we had the four by two, I guess we all knew we had a pretty strong chance to get on top of the podium. I guess that kind of self-belief really got us there in the end. where We had four guys that produced awesome swims and we were able to get the win. And the first win in the men's 4x200 we've had since 2003, I think. So, yeah, it was pretty huge for us. Can you describe to us the feeling of standing on that podium and winning those medals? It's pretty amazing when you get to stand up on the top of the podium with, you know, three of your good mates. I was lucky enough to have my parents in the crowd as well, which was massive for me. Yeah, it is a bit surreal, but yeah, there's no better feeling than, you know, the Australian anthem playing and watching the Australian flag rise up in first place. I think that's super special. You competed in the 100 metres and the 200 metre event. How did you train for them? Everyone kind of trains differently. We do a bit of a mix of 200 stuff and 100 stuff, obviously. But I think the two go hand in hand. But yeah, so we've got a good group out. I train at Bond University and I've, we've got a good little 200 and 100 group. So it's kind of just been working at it throughout the whole year. And then before Worlds, we go into a camp. We went up to Cairns for two weeks and had my coach there. And we were kind of just, yeah, working on the 200 stuff more than anything. And that helps the 100, 100 work. It kind of all just came together. It's, I'd give you specific sets that we do. But I don't know. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of hard to, to do. Well, and like, I, I'm not really paying too much attention. I'm just, you know, the coach writes it on the board and I'm like, yep, yeah, I'll, I'll get it done. You've got a great relationship with your teammates. Is it competitive? It can be competitive for sure. I think we do a really good job of being competitive once you stand up on those blocks and that's when the race is. And, you know, because it's, it is interesting because you're battling your friends for team spots. So I guess throughout the domestic competition, it does get competitive. But once you're on the Australian team, it's like you come together as a team and that's when it, you know, you're forming those uh, relationships, your friendships and stuff like that. So I think we do a really good job of being competitors in the pool but as soon as we get out of the pool, you know, we're back to being mates again. Talking about standing on the blocks just before the whistle was blown, look, I haven't had the opportunity to watch a live swimming race, but on yeah. TV you can see the concentration on your faces. What's yeah. going through your mind? For me, personally, it's just about backing myself and just reassuring myself that I've done the right training, I'm ready to go, and I'm mostly just focusing on like a race plan. So if it was a 200, I'd be focusing on that 200 race plan or the 100, the 100 race plan. But yeah, I guess for the relay, actually, I don't remember a whole lot from the four-way two. It was all a little bit of a blur. I feel like once we won, everything just kind of happened and it was over very quickly. But when you're up on those blocks, it's mostly, (laughs) the thing that's going through my mind is just making sure I don't false start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't want to false start. That would be the absolute worst. (laughs) You know, you've got three other dudes that you're swimming for and your country, when you false start, it's not a very good feeling. I've always wondered this, but in a relay, how do you determine who swims? in what place? Well, usually it's the coaches that will figure that out. The athletes have a little bit of an input, just, you know, if we feel that someone should be going first just because, you know, they're proven proven being able to lead from the front, then we'll definitely send them off first. But, yeah, it's mostly the coaches that comes up with the order for those ones. But it is pretty hard. Like, you got to – everyone obviously is – 
a different ability of swimmer. And it's all about tactics, really. So they'll probably have a look at the other teams and who they're going to put in what relay positions and just a bit of tactics. But yeah, it is the coaches that do that. So as you said, you won gold. How did you guys celebrate after it? Initially, we were all pretty pumped. I was going pretty crazy behind the blocks with Clyde. <laughs> the first, time first time we've kind of experienced something like that because uh, obviously we've got Kyle Chalmers in there who's won the Olympic gold medal in the 100 free. And then we had Mac in there as well who's obviously Olympic gold medalist in the 400 free. So they've kind of experienced that before. But yeah, we were going pretty crazy and I didn't get much sleep that night, honestly. And yeah, I've been, I've had the week off training. So I've been doing a little bit of celebrating Living on my own. <laughs> yeah, back in Australia. So... Yeah, letting my hair down a little bit. <laughs> That's what we love, and it's definitely yeah. well-deserved. Now that you've won this gold medal, and also you won the bronze medal too, does this put you in a good position for next year's Olympics? It's always a hard one. It definitely does. But again, I've still got to work, and I've still got to go to the trials. Like No position is ever guaranteed. That's the beauty of swimming, I think, because we've also got maybe 10 guys that have the potential to be on that 4 by 200 metre freestyle relay. And then every Olympic year, there's also some young kids that produce massive swims and sneak on the team as well. So I think this next year is super important for me to just kind of knuckle down. And I guess after that relay, um, I'm super motivated to get back in the water and just work my ass off pretty much because I know it's not going to be easy. And we've definitely got a great chance of winning that Olympic race next year, which will be huge. Now that it's all kind of calmed down, the Swimming Australia team has been in the media a lot recently with Mac Horton, who is um, one of your teammates. He caused a bit of a stir at Worlds. Horton refused to share the podium with Chinese rival Sun Yang, who served a 2014 doping ban. The triple Olympic champion was allowed to compete ahead of a hearing in September that may end his career. What was your opinion on this and should Horton have protested on the world stage? I think there's been... A big, like, there's been a lot of leading to this kind of moment where the athletes are getting super frustrated with what's going on. And obviously, this is a super, another very frustrating thing for us seeing someone that has obviously broken the rules still being able to compete. And I think, you know, all that frustration is kind of boiled up with Mac. I honestly, none of the athletes knew that Mac was going to do what he did, but we all 100% support it. You know, we all stand for clean sport and, you know, we want to know that when we get up on the blocks that every athlete in the race is clean and, you know, it's an even level playing field, really. So it's not great when stuff like this happens, but we 100% support Mac for what he did and, yeah, 100% support clean sport. What was going through your mind when these events unfolded? Were you actually watching live? Yeah, so we... Um, we're actually getting ready for the 4x100 freestyle relay on that night that Mac did that. So I had no idea what had happened. But after our 4x100, we, you go through like a media mix zone and some of the media kind of told us what had happened and asked us our opinion on it. But yeah, that was the first I heard of it. And so I didn't really know anything about it. But yeah, I guess after that, the Aussies copped a little bit of media from it, which is fine. But I think the main thing to take away from it was that we had the best meet that we've ever had in the last decade. Um, we finished second on the medal table and yeah, I wish the media would focus on that. Yeah, and <laughs> but, not you know, all this negative media. But, yeah, but do you, you think you it kind of fired you guys up? I guess it, a little bit a little bit it did. But at the same time, we all knew that we had a job to do. Like we're there just to swim the best we can and produce our best swims for Australia. We don't really want to get sucked into what the media is saying or to, you know, what's going on outside of the team. We can only control what's going on inside of the team. And that was a main thing for us to make sure we were doing our job and not getting distracted by anything. 
What was interesting was that two nights later, Scotland's Duncan Scott staged a second protest against Yang. Do you think that Horton's protest actually has changed the swimming world's thinking? I think it's definitely a good thing that he's done it, but it's just a matter of, you know, if anything is actually going to come about from it. It's all up to FINA at this point. I think the athletes are starting to stand up to FINA and we can see that with this new international swimming league that has been formed and is starting up in October where their rules pretty much state that if you've had a positive doping test, you're not allowed to compete for any team in that league. And that's obviously a big statement to FINA saying they need to kind of clean up their act and make sure that everything is on a level playing field as well. I think most of the athletes worldwide feel the same way and that's why Duncan did what he did as well. After all of this, it came out that your teammate Shayna Jack's doping test was positive and was actually sent home from a Dolphins training camp in Japan a week before the Worlds for a personal matter. So the positive result was covered up not only from the world but from you guys, the Australian Dolphins team. Do you think you should have been aware of this incident before the meet? It's a tricky one. Um, I know there are rules that Swimming Australia and ASADA abide by and we completely respect that. And honestly, I think if we had have known about it, then it maybe would have taken away from our performances throughout the week as well. And like I said before, we had a job to do, which was to swim our best and, you know, produce the results that we did produce in the ends. But, you know, it's kind of an unfortunate situation. Like I said, we 100% stand for clean sport, but it's hard when it is one of your own teammates and we've got to give Shana the time to, you know, complete her process and hopefully clear her name, yeah. Do you think the timing of the news was made worse by Mac Horton's public protest against Chinese rival Sun Yan? Oh, in hindsight, obviously hindsight's a beautiful thing and, you know, it probably did enhance the whole situation a lot more. But at the same time, yeah, we didn't really know what was going on. I don't think Mac knew what was going on with Shana and it wasn't actually meant to be released. Yeah, I heard it was leaked to the media and apparently only the athlete Anasada can actually tell the world about the result. So it's Mm. really um, suspicious and it obviously was leaked for a political stance as well. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely disappointing that it got leaked and I know when we found out about the leak, I was extremely annoyed just purely for the fact that we had such an amazing week in the pool and I knew that would there would be no focus on that and focus on the other stuff. And I know, yeah, Swimming Australia kind of got dragged through the mud as well, but uh, I think we all know as athletes that, you know, Swimming Australia always has our back and our best interests at heart. And, you know, if they had have thought it was a good idea to tell us at the time, then they can. But I honestly think that, you know, they were abiding by the rules and just wanting to do everything they can to play by the rules. So, yeah, I 100% respect the decisions that were made. Yeah, it is a sensitive topic, but do you think Swimming Australia has learnt anything from this? I think it's, hard, it's a hard one for me to answer just because I'm a swimmer and I don't really know a whole lot about what's going on within the organisation of Swimming Australia. Like, it's not really my job, but I'm sure there will be some policies revised for the future and just to ensure, yeah. There is protection of the swimmers, which is the main thing. Okay, enough of this. Uh, Let's rewind. I've kind of put you on the spot there. Sorry about that, Alex, but you (laughs) answered incredibly well. And it just goes to show that Swimming Australia has got your back and just what an amazing meet you guys actually had. And it's kind of a shame just to see that a lot of focus is on all that saga about what happened. But let's go back and talk about last year, the Commonwealth Games. You Mm. actually won a gold medal. And not only did you win this gold medal, but you actually broke a Commonwealth Games world record. That is incredible. Can you tell us about that, especially because you got to do it in front of a home crowd? That was amazing. And honestly, it only feels like yesterday that actually happened, but it's been like a year and a half now. It was super special. 
we actually had our trials for that Commonwealth Games team at the same pool in Southport. And I remember there was a little bit of a crowd there, but I distinctly remember walking into the arena when the Commonwealth Games was on and it was something seriously special. Um, the stands were packed. Um, it was just buzzing. And yeah, it's definitely an experience I'll never forget. And I guess in that 4 by 200 relay, um, I was fortunate enough to be a part of that. And yeah, that was just a super surreal experience. I was lucky enough to have a few of my mates in the crowd and my family members, members as well. My two older sisters and my mum and dad were up there as well. So it's super special. And to be able to say that I've had an experience like that is yeah something I'll cherish forever. What's next for you? Well, I've got this ISL, which is the International Swimming League, that's starting up later this year. So I've got a couple of months to work towards that, which I'll be a part of the London Raw team. Ooh, that sounds very exciting. Yeah, so we've got a meet in the US and then we've got a meet in Europe and, well, two in Europe, one in Hungary and one in London. And hopefully if we make the finals of the series, we will be going to Vegas at the end of the year. Wow, for the final, Vegas! <laughs> for the final meet, yeah, which will be pretty pretty special, I hope. Very um, special. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, Alex. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. But you're travelling all around the world for swimming. Do you feel that you've had to make a lot of sacrifices? Yeah, for sure. I think more so in the last couple of years where I've gotten a bit older and I've realised that I probably, you know, can't be partying as much as I <laughs> would have liked and still swim at the level that I want to be swimming at so I've definitely made a few sacrifices there and obviously moving out of home as a 19 year old and moving up to the Gold Coast no family or anything like that was also quite a huge move for me but yeah you know it's paid off (laughs) extremely well I'm having a great time and swimming the best I've ever swum so what's your advice to all the athletes out there trying to make it trying to make swimming a career yeah well I think it's just it's a bit of a cliche but honestly just making sure you're enjoying the the journey more than anything you know I think for me I had a few years there where I wasn't really enjoying swimming and it wasn't going that great for me but as soon as I got found that enjoyment back that's when my swimming really lifted again and I started to get more out of myself and more out of training so I think it's just putting yourself in the right environment surrounding yourself with close mates people that you can trust and people that you love working with as well so like your coach and the members in your squad because that's the main thing when you have to get up at 5 a.m every morning you know you want to be coming into a group that you know you can have a little bit of banter with you know you don't want to be training on your own so that's yeah probably my advice is just to make sure you're enjoying it and yeah surround yourself with people that are going to help you be successful just rewinding just a little bit here, you said that you kind of battled with the love of the game, well, the love Mm. of the sport, and then you Mm. fell back in love with swimming. How did you fall back in love with swimming? It's a bit of a funny story. Um, Yes, I did struggle there for a few years. I didn't know whether I really wanted to do it or at the same time I was kind of just (laughs) enjoying the uni lifestyle a little bit too much. I moved up to the Gold Coast, obviously, and lived on campus at Bond University. So I probably wasn't taking my training that seriously, but I remember I was, I missed out on the 2016 Olympic team and I watched a few of my mates make that team and guys that I'd grown up swimming against and swimming on junior teams with. Obviously one of those guys was Mac Horton. I raced him through the APS swimming career as well. And honestly, watching Mac win that race in Rio, his 400 meter freestyle, that was super special for me just because like he was obviously a good mate of mine and I was super proud of him. 
But at the same time, I was like, wow, like I used to swim with this guy. I used to beat him in some races. Like this could be me. Like I could be representing my country at the Olympics. And that was a big turning point for me. And it made me realize this is something that I really, really want to do. So I kind of came back to the Gold Coast. I moved programs and made sure I was in a program with a few other guys, like guys I really get along with and guys I can also learn off as well. I think that's when I started to enjoy it a bit more when I surrounded myself with the right squad and the right coach as well and no turning back from here so it's good yeah you're absolutely killing it i wouldn't be turning back from there if i was you (laughs) (laughs) what is the funniest moment you've had in your swimming career i feel like every time you go away on a team there's always something pretty funny that happens some of the stuff i probably can't share publicly Um, (laughs) i guess for me i first made my first national final when i was 14 and you know you're always when you're stepping up to race you're stepping out in these you know leg swimming suits that are supposedly the fastest suits for racing and i had these baggy old super colorful training bathers that i used to wear back when i was 13 or 14 i remember i made this national final in the 100 meter freestyle i've done my warm-up ready to go i've started looking through my bag and i can't find my racing suit (gasps) it wasn't there so wasn't there so it turns out i'd forgotten it i left it at the hotel so i've had to race get up into a national final and had to race in these baggy super bright (laughs) swimming bathers and i was the only one in the whole final that was wearing these bathers and that was probably that's so (laughs) probably funny funny, but at the same time it was super embarrassing like everyone's probably just like can i ask how did you go like Uh, did not having the suit actually make a difference Honestly, I was probably pumped full of adrenaline at the time just because I was so embarrassed. But um, I'm fin- pretty sure I finished seventh or eighth in that final. Oh, that's all so, right. <laughs> it's not, you know, not too bad. That's so funny. But Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Like, we really appreciate it, especially because you've just flown back from, look, one of the best meets that you've ever had. You've had a huge career, but you've got a huge career ahead of you. So we'll definitely be keeping up to date with you. Thank you so much yeah. again, Alex. Uh, thank you, Tal. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Sporte. We'll be back next week with more.